As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And tame, and tame again. Crank up the music! Charge a glass! This nation is going to dance all night! How late is too late to start wondering if it's not going to be Team X's day? Can you be back on your old stomping ground if it was knocked down and another one built on top of it? Premature glimmers of hope. Les Ferdinand at Besiktas before it was cool. Big momentum. Could a Penenka volley lob be physically possible? And Keys and Grey shake things up a bit with Big Sam. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 202 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me for the adjudication panel today is David Walker. How's it going? Very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad actually. Um, Good weekend too for Christian Cabaselli of Watford, who uh, after the win over Luton tweeted that the M1 is yellow. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about that? Well, he's got previous for this. He did it in the last the last time he beat Luton in two seasons ago. He tweeted something about which has been, since been turned into a T-shirt, some slogan, some something to do with local men being pleased. But um, I'm all for the M1 being yellow. Better than it being orange. Yeah. Luton had one. Fair enough. Yeah, like uh, one big double yellow line though. It's mm. sort of sort of logistically easier to to do as well than you know. X City is red. That's just going to be a pain in the ass to do. But you could feasibly paint a, a, a motorway yellow quite easily, I think, couldn't you? Yeah, mm. claiming the connecting road between the two places for yourself is perhaps perhaps more more of a salt in the wound. Perhaps anyway. In, yes, in, that, both, in both directions. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose it should be really. Yeah, you can't really pick one. But uh, anyway, that voice you could hear interjecting was our fellow adjudication panelist Nick Miller. How you, a good weekend for you, presumably too. Lovely. Yes. Yeah, uh, although I have been sort of dealing with the uh, pressure of having to follow Shrevesy on this uh, podcast, which is mm. kind of weighing heavily. Yeah, 
I'm not going to lie, I have been slightly rattled <laughs> by Jeff Shreves. <laughs> You sound. You sounded uh, the, the bit where you said "shut up, shut up." That that that, that was quite rattly. <laughs> yeah, it no. was. That's fine. There, there were there were there were moments where it, it almost got to that stage. But I was I was rattled in particular, Nick, by Shreve's rather one-dimensional impression of the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we have got steadily more pedantic, but I'm not sure that's the the right vibe. It, it's. There's an affection for what we're being pedantic about that I don't think he quite grasped. And I think that might have been at the crux of what people found quite uncomfortable in some cases. Oh, has there been kickback? Yeah. No. I'd say it's about 50-50. Very, very tidily 50-50. Dave, that's probably, we would have settled for that before kickoff, right? Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think to be fair to Jeff, whilst it's fair to say that he didn't quite get it... <laughs> but he certainly tried. It was very prepared, very professional. According to, uh, he, he claims that he'd listened to a number of episodes before to try and get the sort of idea of what we were after. Yeah. And I will, the only other thing I will say in his defense as well is that, and I, I felt this when I was editing it, having watched the recording of the podcast on the Zoom, it was all done with a bit of a smile on his face. He was at least trying to sort of have, have some fun with it. It didn't quite come across in the same way in the audio-only experience. Didn't so get I the can, twinkle in his eye, did we? Yeah, yeah. I can understand why some people were a bit perturbed by what they were hearing. We, we won't release the video. We won't release the video. But um, yeah, a, a rare Meza Hollandics guest who rang me the next day for a little debrief. So uh, that's how much he was invested into it. Won't reveal the contents of that conversation either. Right, let's start. At the city ground, Nick. Yes, it was. A, it was a good day for you. Good day for Nottingham Forest. But some troubling scenes right at the end. Uh, listener Neil Rigg writes in and says, "Is 89 minutes and 45 seconds too late for this?" Alexander Arnold swings one in. Van Dijk coming in. Oh, it's gone right across the face of goal. And you start to wonder whether it's going to be Forest Day. Oh yes, I'm a Liverpool. Tricky one to pinpoint this, Nick. But I would say knocking on the door of. 90 minutes, you don't probably have to start wondering this sort of thing. You, When do we start wondering this sort of thing? Yeah, instinctively, it's got to be at least kind of 10, 15 minutes earlier than that. But I don't know, the, the sort of, I don't know, the disparity between the quality of the two teams, is is it more, would you, is the, the period where you assume Liverpool were going to score extended by that? I don't know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, you start to wonder has to be kind of I'm, I'm going to say 75 minutes something like that yeah uh, I was thinking uh, at the latest 75 sounds about right Dave to me yeah I think you could even go earlier depending on the yeah. sort of nature the nature of the play that's true if if it was a particularly uh, unlucky day for one you know for the team chasing or whatever and it's the start here that that Fletch uses the fact mm. that it's this you've only you're only starting to wonder you're not leaving yourself much time to complete no. the wondering are you yeah so exactly that's that's the problematic bit for me is it more of a kind of number and quality I mean, like they said a number and quality of chances thing rather than time because you could if if say like by 60 minutes Liverpool have had like five or six very clear cut chances yeah. you could start to wonder then surely yeah I would say so definitely you could you yeah there's leeway to go early with it but you can't be too late next up Ruben Pinder has sent me this clip from an interview he did with Ben Foster recently uh, where the custodian turned YouTube enthusiast had this to say about Edwin van der Sar. 
Well, he signed when he was 35, ended yeah. up playing, staying until he was 40. Um, and even then, he was just he was a Rolls Royce, honestly. Not even as a person, because he was a Rolls Royce <laughs> as a person. Seriously, the loveliest man. Um, and I learned so much from him. But on the pitch, he was just, it's, he was the most natural, effortless goalkeeper I've seen. Dave, I mean, I worry about this on, on several levels. First of all, it's a Rolls Royce of a goalkeeper, then a Rolls Royce of a human being, the two combined. And then when you think about Edwin van der Sar, he ticks a lot of boxes. Mm. He's very sort of languid kind of guy doesn't seem very excitable yeah. seems he quite Rolls Royce yeah there's a sort of there's a there's a touch of class to him isn't there that you would associate with Rolls Royces um, I'm interested in Rolls Royce of a human being mm. we're well experienced at what a, what makes a Rolls Royce of a football player if you know it, albeit not having discussed it in terms of being a goalkeeper but someone who just purrs at you yeah what is, <laughs> just um, moves around not rushed does mm. everything in his own time, but really well. Yeah, I guess I that's so. sort of you know tidy. Yeah, and it, that's probably why he's a um, executive. He, yeah. yeah, he's sort of high up in the football structure at Ajax. Yeah, Nick, I fear that uh, Edwin van der Sar as a as a footballer was is too lanky to be a Rolls Royce. He can't yeah. be a lanky Rolls Royce. Yeah, he, he's lanky and a bit awkward and not not particularly graceful. I don't think you can be. Okay. I don't think you can be a Rolls Royce if you are a little bit kind of all elbows and legs and stuff so Rolls Royce of a human being though I'm just picturing him like standing with his sort of head and chest thrust forward and his arms behind his back like he's trying to be the little thing that's on the front of the <laughs> right, Rolls Royce I don't yeah. know what you call that the mark I believe they're called okay sure I'll, I'll take could you be wrong. could be yeah. wrong we'll ask Jess Shreves yeah okay I, I'm, 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 it's, it falls again under the category of knows know what he means but uh, we do need to watch this sort of thing right next up the Premier League is influencing baseball Nick uh, the New York Yankees Aaron Judge uh, hit a home run the other day and kissed the badge of his shirt or his jersey I should say he said it was for the fans I've been watching a lot of Premier League soccer games and I think that kind of got the best of me the fans brought the energy tonight from the very first pitch is badge kissing not a thing in US sport then and then uh, when I think about it it doesn't feel very US sport to kiss the badge no I don't I, I don't think it is but it's also this is also uh, and, and this is where my kind of American sports knowledge will come in here the rare opportunity for this mm. it, that's this is particularly interesting because he as of like now, the Yankees got knocked out of the playoffs last night. As of now, he's a free agent. He he, he is. They call it testing the free market, mm-hmm. whereby he's um, he can basically negotiate with any other club that he wants, yeah. and he's going to sign somewhere for an absolutely colossal amount of money. So he's kissing the, the badge on his way out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, P- potentially that that could be his last act as a Yankee. Kissing the badge is that acceptable? Don't think so. No, I don't think so it is at all. But um, yeah, it's just it's, it's a curious thing. I, it just doesn't strike me as a particularly American thing at all, Dave. Um, no. I can't think of a single other US sport where I can imagine them kissing the badge. I mean, American football, I guess, logistically quite difficult with the helmet. But I suppose you, you could take it off. <laughs> do they? I was thinking about it. I, was, well, I think they do do that sometimes. But um, hmm. uh, do they, the same or do all the jerseys have the team logos on them in like <laughs> NFL? Uh, baseball, they certainly do. Yeah, yeah, but yeah surely it's just, do. it doesn't seem to me it's as it's not as a I just not it's not like as traditional as it like the 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 club crest or the club badge is such a such a important mm. thing. Don't you don't really do the heraldry thing over yeah. there, of course. And uh, franchises they can move at a, a moment's notice. I guess there isn't the same level of connection. Maybe maybe they would kiss their university teams. Maybe. Crest. 
maybe. But it'd be an absolute nightmare with a basketball vest as well, because you just mm. kind of you 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 have to look for it all the time. The the, the, the item of clothing is too flimsy to do yeah, that, surely. That's right. Yeah, definitely. And maybe it's yeah, it's just not practical over there in the US. Right, next up, uh, James Randall and Kevin Kelleher both alerted me to this. This was um, commentator Stephen Wyeth on match of the day duty for Liverpool versus West Ham last midweek. That's got a bit of backspin. Nunez is in business and it's instinctive. It's brilliant. And it's drawn a wonderful save out of Lucas Fabianski. Darwin Nunez, once he's seen the whites of the post, was not afraid to let fly. First time really in the game that Salah has got away from the West Ham defence and seen the whites of the post, but he also quickly saw an advancing goalkeeper. The whites of the post, Nick? I think it's, that, that's, that seems fine, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's not it's, a thing, though, is it? It's not. No, it's not a thing. New. No, but I don't know. Again, is this a vague, vague bells ringing? This is an American sports thing as well. You know, let's see the oh. the white of the the goal line or something. Mm. Then when they're going for a touchdown, no, have I made that up completely? Possibly. He's mm. gone for the singular as well. The whites of the post. Yeah. In one of the examples there, and you initially, you obviously think he's going to say like the whites. Once you've seen the whites of the goalkeeper's eyes, yeah, which I really like. I've, yeah. I mean, it's a real, real kind of traditional one, but I, I really like it. But my my real problem with this, Dave, is that you can see the whites of the goalposts from anywhere. Like the <laughs> yeah. opposition goalkeeper can exactly. see the whites of the far goalposts. That's that's yeah. not impressive. Presumably, one of the reasons why they are indeed white. Mm. Yeah. High visibility. How do you feel about um, goalposts that had those little black markings at the bottom of them, sort of 1978 World Cup kind of era? What was the reason for that? No idea. I, um, that is literally the first time I've ever heard of such Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, but I've uh, and I've never really thought about, yeah, why? What's the point? Yeah, I'd love to know. I bet there is a very good explanation for it. We'll find out one day. Right. When you started when you started playing that clip, I thought we were, he said, uh, Nunes is in business. And I thought we were going to have a, another sort of lengthy discussion of what in business means. But you know, <laughs> the whites of the post came and uh, took it over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, yeah, that was very, almost like a former sins corner there. Um, I see you, good to see you're in that mode yeah. at all times. No former sins corner today, sadly. Right. Um, Aston Villa's four goal thrashing of Brentford on Sunday, Nick. Now, regardless of whether we can count caretaker Aaron Danks as being eligible for the new manager bounce phenomenon, probably not. This win, 19 shots, 11 on target, four goals, probably veers into the kind of where was this performance two weeks ago kind of territory, the sort of thing Keezy would get irritated by, I think. Yeah, the the, the players owe the former manager an explanation there, etc. and so on. Mm. It, it, it it felt like a very um, sort of release the shackles performance. Filler obviously struggled to score goals before three goals in the first 20 minutes or whatever mm. it was. Mm. You know, the just bringing from the kind of oppressive yoke of the former manager. <laughs> so it didn't perhaps meet the new manager bounce threshold, Dave, given the circumstances. But equally, it didn't feel appropriate for any interviewer to ask him, it's easy, this managerial lark, isn't it? It's too early. It's too soon mm. since the departures of his entire backroom set of colleagues for him to express any joy about being in charge, right? Yeah, and and, and the fact that he's only been in... It was only Thursday night, wasn't it, that, that, that Gerard got okay. sacked, obviously, so it's still quite fresh. But I think the bounce has started. I mean, I think it is quite bouncy. It could be part of the bounce, but it isn't, yeah. it isn't yet... We do need to see exactly. Yeah, mm. you need to maybe wait another one or two games. On I watch it on I watched the highlights on Match of the Day too last mm. night, and it's yeah, you're right. They weren't quite. It's easy this managerial lot. They didn't go quite the whole hog, but it is 
you can feel that they are sort of itching to 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 give him the job almost already. When really? Talk about yeah okay. on, on, on the on the highlights they were like. That's mad. I think I think the highlights ended with him saying, "And Aaron Danks is available." When talking about potential successes to Stephen Gerrard. Well, if they beat Newcastle on Sunday, that would that Nick I think would be a perfect opportunity for it's easy this managerial lark, isn't it? If they are going to use it, it would have to be then. One hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, did, did they actually? Did anyone ask? Uh, has anyone asked them at any point if they'd be interested in the, yeah. the permanent job? Again, I don't think we're into hat into ring territory here. Well, they I think did, you need they to be two him. or three games in. They did ask him okay, on, well. <laughs> again on match of the day, and um, it was a complete straight down the line. I've been asked to lead the team. Yeah. It's just full focus on that until that, here otherwise. That is textbook yes, take a manager chat for the first yeah. one. I've been asked to take the team. Yeah, and yeah. and that was quite literally the case. Yeah, it's too arrogant to look ahead any further ahead. Um, just two days and one game in. Right, next up at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which is uh, very relevant actually because Tom Weir asks that the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium has just been described as Kieran Trippier's old stamping ground. Adjudication on whether this is allowed given he never played there for Spurs. Now, we have an issue here. Dave, I'm I'm sure we've discussed this before about, you know, the new stadium is built on the footprint, more or less, of the old stadium. Can it still be someone's stamping ground or indeed stomping ground? Um, no, I don't. it doesn't feel right to me because, as you say, I know I, I know it's in the same geographical location, mm. twisted 90 degrees or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think that's but, crucial um, too. It, it's not. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. It, he never played in that stadium. Yeah. Spurs. I think that that is the bottom line. When, is Wembley is Wembley his old one of his old stomping grounds? Well, interesting. Spurs. I was discussing this uh, the weekend about how allowable this would be, Nick. And someone said Wembley kind of gets special dispensation about this. Old Wembley and new Wembley are, are almost merged in terms of this sort of narrative. So you know, he scored a great goal here, for example, would be acceptable. New and old Wembley. Um, so I think yeah, Wembley gets kind of the diplomatic immunity, royal protection, perhaps. But I, I, I'm borderline about this one. I feel like it's okay. I feel like stomping ground is a fairly vague concept. It doesn't have to be the surrounds of a specific stadium. Yeah, I, I think it's fine because he could have stomped on literally the same bit of ground, it being on the same thing. So yeah, I think it's fine as well. Mm, well, but isn't so like if you've been to the stadium, like the um, on the concourse, there's a there's a plaque on the floor. Yeah. to designate the old centre spot, I think. Okay. Mm. So it's not even the same bit of pitch, is it? It's not the it's, same. It's sort of is. That's his old stomping ground. Wow. He didn't take kickoff though, did he? So wow. Well, I, <laughs> I think he might end up in the same coordinates. So yeah. that could be it. Anyway, yeah, we have other things to dig into. Meanwhile, in the fifty fourth minute with Newcastle two 0 up, Spurs have a corner. Son with a corner. What a flick back and it's there! Harry Kane follows it in at the far post. Spurs have a glimmer of hope. Not having glimmer here, Nick. I will not accept that the 54th minute at home for the team that were probably the bookies' favourites to win the game, despite being 2-0 down, for this to be a glimmer of hope. doesn't matter what the score was in the end, the fact that he didn't get back and claim a point. It's not a glimmer. Yeah, gl- glimmer of hope is you, you're three 0 down, and there's like I don't know, fifteen, twenty minutes to go, or something mm. like that, isn't it? Mm. I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't, can you can you have glimmer of hope when you're two 0 down in any circumstances? I suppose if it's like 89th minute or something. Interesting that you've set some sort of benchmark here, because listener Paul writes in Dave and says, for me, the window of hope here should be two goals down and then scoring the 85th. So if we employ some sort of vague al- algebra here. 
I reckon it should be the margin that you've reduced it to should be no more than five times less than the minutes left in the game. So if you brought it back to one goal deficit, that's 85 minutes. A two goal deficit, that's not enough, is it? 80 wouldn't. No, it's not, is it? Oh, bollocks. Two goals. As Nick said, if you were 3 0 down and you pulled a goal back, that would, that would need to be 70 75, wouldn't it? So yeah, uh, it definitely. goes up exponentially. And the 54th then. minute, this is solidly back in the game. It's game yeah, on. It's game on. Properly yeah. game on. Yeah. Even, just after half time. So you've got the factoring in of the, I don't know what you said to them, a half time kind of situation. So this mm. is pure game on. I'm really disappointed. Is it? I mean, can we make allowances for the sort of standard of Tottenham's performance, which was pretty bad, and mm. um, in the yeah, in the first half particularly, and we're not disc, we're not counting the rest of the game here, but they were they were very firmly the second best yeah, uh, until that. Could be that. that yeah, could be factored in. But um, I, I think still, yeah, fifty-four minutes or whatever it was is still what, too early. But what we, I will say we, is, it, it was quite a glimmery of hope goal. <laughs> It, it, a set you know, piece is, I suppose, yeah, yeah puncher's chance kind sort of situation. Scrambled in at the back post with a stooping header. Like it, it, it looked like a glimmer of hope goal. Fair enough. Um, meanwhile, now we're of course we're all aware of the the idea that um, clubs' Twitter accounts can put a positive spin on things. Nick, um, you will have seen Callum Wilson's goal where he collided with Hugo Lloris in a situation that could feasibly have been given as a foul, but it wasn't. And I think probably quite justified. The Newcastle Twitter account described it as uh, Shah plays an incredible pass through to Wilson who holds off Lloris and finishes beautifully <laughs> with the ship to 25 yards. Jack Sanders writes in and says the Newcastle admin describing it as holding off Lloris when in fact he wasn't. And it was a clash between the two. Um, also, can an outfield player hold off a goalkeeper? Two separate issues here, but um, I'm more in, more in interested in the second one you can't hold off a goalkeeper in any situation I just I just I won't have uh, I don't know what about when that thing that teams do when they uh, from a corner when they stick a, a striker right on the goalkeeper and just try not to uh, let him move anywhere is that not holding off I mean that is literally holding off but in a footballing context where you kind of, kind of hold off and shrug off a challenge I'm not having it I'm just not having it I mean notwithstanding the quite clearly positive spin they're putting on this situation the yeah, only so time it could happen is if in like one of these very rare occasions where like somehow the was sort of similar-ish to when you know the, the position that Larice found himself in, if the goalkeeper is somehow stranded miles from goal, and there's like a he's sort of racing trying to sometimes they sort of try and do a recovery challenge, don't they? Mm, sort yeah. of sliding challenge. Yeah, that you could sort of hold off the keeper in that regard, but it's so so rare. Technically true, but it's too but, every day to use yeah, for what is yeah. absolutely you know you know emergency situation. I won't have it. I won't have it. Um, anyway. And it's definitely not the right description here either. I mean, it's obvious. No, didn't hold him. If he had held him, then that would have been a foul. So the whole point of it is that it was not deliberate at all. Now, uh, a very obvious candidate to stick up for Callum Wilson in this situation was Les Ferdinand in the Sky Studio, Nick. Um, perhaps one of the most likely pundits in existence to talk semi-jokingly about the Strikers' Union. And uh, in doing so... He said, I paid into the Strikers' Union for years. The first glimpse we've ever had of the administrative functions of various positional unions. This is great. How much? How much do you reckon it is? This has, got, this has gone up since last season. What's going on? I, I bet it's the same all the way down to Sunday League, Dave, as well. Like Just like yellow cards. Yeah. One game for everyone. <laughs> yeah, too right. Too right. But um, with Les Ferdinand in the studio, they were obliged... Dave, to ask him about his career. So they had a little chat about QPR, a little chat about Besiktas, which I'm always interested in. 
Ferdinand's loan spell at Besiktas. And um, turns out they had a chant for him at Besiktas. Let's hear it, first of all. This is some Besiktas fans singing their Les Ferdinand chant. <laughs> Quite tuneful to a certain extent. Uh, could be better, but uh, just let me examine the lyrics for you. Mujde mujde sije, Ferdinandan mujde sije, Zarif Salam esnek koya, rahat koya mujde. Now I stuck this through Google Translate, <laughs> and Nick, this is what it spat out. Good news, gospel to you. Good news from Ferdinand to you. Elegant, sturdy, flexible puts. Puts comfortably. Good news. <laughs> I, I mean, elegant and sturdy is a terrific description of Les Ferdinand. Mm. Um, and also, I mean, obviously, the obvious point, fair play to these Besiktas fans for remembering a chant they had about a lone player 30 years ago. Yeah, uh, obviously made something of an impression. But um, the pivotal word here in the translation, Dave, is seems to be koyar which Google Translate um, uh, spits out as puts, um, I have been reliably informed that it is actually some colloquial Turkish that means fucks you up in a kind oh. of physical kind of way. Right. Okay. So, I thought so. it was referring to like, put, you know, scoring, putting the ball in or something. No, that's what I thought. But down. no, I yeah. don't think so. It means more, yeah, he's going to fuck up the opposition. Okay. Um, with his elegant, sturdy, flexible approach. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the crux of all of this is that um, Les Ferdinand did appear on Be In Sports Turkey and was asked to sing the chant. And you know exactly, exactly how he delivered it. Rightly so. There we that, go, that's better. That is the absolute ceiling of enthusiasm someone can have for singing their own chant, isn't it, Dave? Is yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah. He did done with a smile on his face and he gave it a bit of a little bit of of melody in that second attempt. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just the right. I, I love Les Ferdinand. What a wonderful human being. There was also a, a, a lovely bit in at the start of the Sky uh, coverage where he explained that he wasn't actually a knight and that Sir Les was merely a nickname. <laughs> yeah, so he, he has to clarify him. this a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a um, real shame. I had the, had the pleasure of meeting Les Ferdinand last year for, for an interview that we did with him. And some people, you meet them, and when you, like, just such a strong but impressive handshake. He oozes from handshake. Yeah, yeah. I've never been so sure of anything in my life, and I'm glad you've yeah. confirmed it. Um, another weird observation about Les Vernas that, that really struck me, Dave, when we were watching some of his highlights reel on Sky yesterday I can't think of a footballer who's ever been so short and tall at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Incredibly proportioned footballer, but just gives the impression of being quite diminutive and sort of explosive off the mark, but also sort of massively dominant in the air as well. It blew my mind. Um, it's not like an optical illusion. It really is. I mean, they've, got, they've, they've nailed it. Elegant and sturdy. Mm, exactly right. Yeah. Brilliant player, brilliant man. Finally, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, this is from Ash Frith, who was listening to the game on BBC Radio 5 Live. And uh, the commentator, John Murray, was happy to pass on the good news from Bruno Guimaraes, but there was a final twist that we didn't know about. That's just given possession back to Newcastle. Bruno Guimaraes, new father he is. The uh, baby was born on Friday to Joe Linton. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lovely. That that's the perils of sticking in some um, you know sideline information in the middle of a passage of play. This is the sort of thing could ever you know, <laughs> lives could be ruined, Nick. It's, it's like the, uh, the the sort of audio equivalent of when newspapers actually accidentally put uh, pictures next to a headline saying you know nine killed by rampant murderer, and then there's a picture of like you, you there next to it or something like that. Still, fair play to Joe Linton. Uh, didn't know he had it in his locker. Quite frankly, um, that played him for for getting back on the pitch. After, you know. <laughs> yeah, fantastic stuff. I wish them both well. <laughs> anyway, right, the days are ticking down until the football cliches live show hits the road. We'll be at London's Earth on eighth of November. I, I barely a ticket left for that, as far as I understand. So if you are going to buy one you might well find yourself very lucky. Uh, We're also at Manchester's New Century Hall on the 15th of November and Dublin's Liberty Hall Theatre on the 16th of November. Join us. It's going to be brilliant. I can't wait. Just go to myticket.co.uk or just Google Football Clichés Live. Hello, it's Kate Borsay, Lindsay Hooper and Hayley McQueen here, otherwise known as The Offside Rule. We have a very special show. It's been 10 years of The Offside Rule. If you've been enjoying it over the last decade, you can get some extra insight. Yes, we have a really good chat about how the industry has changed in the 10 years and chat as well about some of the highs of recording a podcast as an only female trio in the football world and some of the lows as well. So join us for fun. We're also joined by Harriet Drudge and Laura Williamson from The Athletic. So check it out. That's The Offside Rule. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Right, welcome back to Football Clichés. Now, um, I want to kick off this second half 
with one of those questions that looks ludicrous at first glance, Nick, and then kind of gradually makes you question everything you've ever believed. This is from Dan Hall. He says, is it stop the rot or stop the rut? Please help. <laughs> it's obviously rot, right? It's rot. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. rot. But it does make you think. Just, yeah. you know, this could be a Segan Segway situation, Dave, for me, but it's not. <laughs> it's fine. No. No. Stuck in a rut. You need to get out of the rut, really. Yeah. The, yeah, rut, so- the rut will be there. Yeah. You're just in it. You need to get out of it. doesn't move, so there's nothing yeah. to stop. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Straightforward. But, I mean, even doubting it is going to get me ridiculed, but I just want to do it for the purposes of that. Right. This is great. This is from Joe Tyler, who is watching uh, Napoli against Roma on BT Sport on Sunday evening. And here's Nigel Spackman doing some textbook every angle of this goal co-commentary for Victor Osimhen's goal. Lovely ball round the corner. His pace and his strength gets him away. What a finish that is. One. Chris Smalling thinks he's got it under control. He hasn't. Ozymen has. And what a finish that is. Two. Just waits for it to come down. Hits it across the goalkeeper with a bit of slice. What a finish that is for his fourth goal of the season. <laughs> it's almost like a song in the end, Dave. Just like repeating the uh, the chorus line at the end. The refrain. Uh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. It, it was one of those goals. It, it it did get better with each replay and with I each angle. Yeah. Amazing finish, and mm. but not not sort of wonder goalie enough to to warrant any other superlative. So what a finish that is is basically the best way to describe it, Nick. Clearly recognised there was nowhere to go, so he just kept repeating it. It's it's a goal just of the right quality to have the co-commentary equivalent of just pointing at it and go fucking look at this. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> and rightly so, yeah. Um, just just the repetitiveness was quite wonderful. This has blown my mind. I haven't got the clip of it. Um, sort of wish I had, but it's too late now. Dave, Andy Gerlis writes in and says, commentator Bill Leslie during the Southampton Arsenal game said Big Mo, as it's sometimes called, to describe momentum. Has anyone ever heard this before? Big Mo? Nick's pointing his finger in the air. Uh, I've heard this. The only time I've heard this is in, in, in an episode of The West Wing. I when, say EastEnders, uh, but fine. No, when they were talking about, they, they were talking about a political campaign gaining momentum and they were saying we've got the big mo but uh that's the only time the only other context i've heard it in that's interesting because I, I i saw this and adam when you put it on the running order and i thought i've never heard of this but this is going to be is this something that i'm just you know completely over my head is some sort of new sort of the kids are saying it or something mm. or it's just you know someone says it that i have well, i've got no awareness of or something like that if it's from the west wing bill leslie strikes me as a bloke that could very much have worked his way through the west wing box set a few times <laughs> Over the, the years. Road. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, personally, not particularly keen on it, but um, we'll see. See how that develops over the years. It's, it's got its cultural roots already, clearly, but I can't see it catching on. Now, get your imaginative minds ready for this one. Dave, Bobby Renson writes in and said, This post came from my team in my Sunday league. and can safely say I've never seen this before. Here we go. Cal and Carroll made it four with a Penenka volley lob that gave the keeper no chance. <laughs> Whoa, what the whoa, hell whoa. could be a Penenka volley lob? It's essentially sort of a little dink over the keeper with the ball already in the air, I guess. Yes, but the, the substitution of Penenka just to mean any kind of open play I mean, yeah, that's great. Which is uh, not happy with that. Volley lob, what's... It's sort of one of those things that, that it, uh, uh, in, feels instinctively wrong, but you also know what it, what it means. Just violating all sorts of codes here. I mean, they're just, it, this, they're, they don't know what it is. And I'll just, just, just stick them all on there. Penenka, well, volley, lob. Oh, yeah, sure. No, that's no, no question is that the case. But let's, 
if if those three things could coexist, this is what the goal would look like. <laughs> First of all, let's 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 take it back to front. It's a lob, which means the ball was already in the air and it was over the keeper's head. Yep. So that's it. That those are the only ingredients you need for a lob. It can't be a chip. It's a lob. Now it's a volley. So the ball was already in the air. We know that. It's a volley. And if we're taking it in its strictest sense, it has to be hit first time. The ball didn't bounce first. He didn't control it. So it was, it was coming out of the sky and the goal scorer volleyed it and it was a lob. So we can get our heads around that, right? That's mm. okay. The ball yeah. came out of the sky. He lobbed it over the goalkeeper and the keeper had no chance. Now, yeah. how can you add the Penenka? How can you add the spirit of a Penenka here? The only way you could do this is if as the ball drops out of the sky, he fakes to absolutely smash it. Yeah. Like proper volley, take the netting out of the goal, but in doing so, then shifts his body shape to turn it into a cheeky little volley lob that goes over the goalkeeper's head and just skims down the back of the net. Now that, Nick Miller, could be a Penenka volley lob. It sounds sounds physically implausible. Someone's going to put their hip out trying it to do this. It takes a lot of disguise and a so lot of good timing. If you imagine the Wayne Rooney volley against Newcastle, that's the sort of run-up I'm imagining for this. But then at the very last, you know, because that, that's what you've described pretty much. Yeah, so going the last with second, laces he and then would... at the last minute sort of just scooping it with the with the instep instead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Excellent. Could be done. Could be done. Maybe it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any what? footage? Any, any corroborating footage? <laughs> what that was, by the way, says Nigel Smackman. Carol and Carol, I need to see a video of your goal. Right. This is a pleasant little bit from the EFL highlights of Sunderland versus Burnley. Uh, David McIntosh alerted me to this. And this is Anas Zaruri putting the visitors 3-2 ahead. Jack Woodward on comms. Goodmanson, scorer in midweek and now it's Zorori who'll go for glory <laughs> and what a goal sensational my favourite thing about this Nick is that it couldn't have been rehearsed like it, it was a bolt out of the blue kind of goal so it just it just came out of his brain just like that Jack Woodward you genius mm, yeah I think he's uh, I think that is I think he's he's got he's had that written in the top corner of his notebook for yeah. a little while. Yeah, what, yeah if, the, if only the, the opportunity would present itself. I mean, it's great. I really like mm. it. But Yeah, I don't know. I think there might be a sort of subconscious that might be in the back of your mind. It's, it's a kind of heavily signposted rhyme. As soon as you say the name, yeah. Dave, yeah. that one could then roll off your tongue straight away. Quick thinking. Yeah, yeah. it could easily I be think just, it is. It's just, just there, the tip of the tongue. Benefit of the doubt to Jack Woodward. But yeah. Lovely stuff. It sounds like a sort of like a kid's book about uh, a superstar footballer from the kind of late seventies or something like that. Anna Sarori goes for glory. Yeah. yeah, here on Jack and Ori. <laughs> <laughs> right. Reason for club suspending a player of the week. Here we go. The improbably named Forrest Lasso, a defender for Swedish strugglers at Gift Sundsvall, who have actually been relegated from the Alsvenskan as of the weekend. They were playing Jurgarden on Monday evening, Dave, and uh, Forrest Lasso has been suspended by the club because on the day that their relegation was confirmed, he posted a video of his own highlights from the season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that is that bad? <laughs> straight in straight in there advertising his wares, knowing that he's been relegated. It's fine to me. Would the question would Jermaine Defoe have done that um, yeah. in in whenever it, 2002 or three when West Ham got relegated and he, three, ride, and he handed in the transfer request immediately after the final whistle? Was it Jermaine Defoe? Uh, well, it was Jermaine Defoe and Pascal Chimbonda. I was thinking had, of Chimbonda, but yeah, Pascal yeah, Chimbonda, Chimbonda was a relegation had, one as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it, it, didn't he sort of have the letter his transfer request letter in his sock or something? <laughs> 
but yeah, apocryphal. yeah it, it does sound apocryphal but um that was the story but yeah this is the sort of the kind of i don't know 2022 20, version of that i think mm. isn't it apparently it's, yeah the fans yeah. got really annoyed by this Nick. yeah understandably so just wait you can wait a few let the dust settle mm. not don't put it straight out there come on mm. so i'm led to believe he has something of a history with erratic social media this season so perhaps that was the straw and what did the club the do camel's back club suspended him for this so they sort of left him out of the squad for yeah. the game against jur garden but um more time for him to go and find a new club presumably get himself on uh, linkedin sort his life out anyway time for keys and gray corner Now, lots of Keys and Grey ammunition for us to load up this week, um, but I decided to be quite selective because uh, their guest on the podcast this week was Big Sam. Now, there's not really much we can conceivably say about the prospect of this, so here's just the entire episode condensed into two minutes. Then there was Joe 90. I remember Joe Nainey with the glasses. Yep. Yep. There yep. was, yep. There was yep. The, the magic the Captain glasses. Scarlet. Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yes. forget when that circle used to travel over. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> what were you like? Uh, yes. Uh, Gerard Happy sacked. Days. Gerard sacked. Yeah. Howard Webb will be in charge uh, of VAR on Boxing Day. Oh, wow. The return of the December Premier League. Yeah. Well, let's hope. I mean, the, the, the current incumbent is, 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 is hopeless. Terrible. Hopeless. Terrible. Canon Isaac. Uh, how are you doing, big man? Uh, very good, thank you. I'm uh, chilling out in Dubai, as you all well, well know, lads. One of my favourite places. And, one uh, thing you're not doing in Dubai, Sam, is chilling. That's definitely not a word you do. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Six and a half hours in first class, Sam, yes, with Emirates. Said, no, right? I mean, exactly, I Sam. Yeah, very Such good. a hardship, the Sam. Dom Perignon's very nice. Yeah. Perignon's very nice. Sam sits there and goes, where did it go wrong in my life? <laughs> where did it go wrong, yeah. <laughs> We're only following the Europeans. Yeah, that's true. What would your advice to Stephen be? Because the game is being infiltrated with school teachers. Ex-pros that don't need to work are being sidelined. That's a danger, surely. This is this is what we're faced with, gentlemen, or ladies and gentlemen, or <laughs> or persons. Trying to be politically correct again, but yep. um, and we've uh, taken enough of your time. It's a glorious yes, day. Yes, it's here a in lovely day, and go Sam's and, an hour ahead of us. Yes, go and sit yourself by the pool, and give our no, apologies no. to Mrs. Allardyce for interrupting our holiday. Is it? Well, no. come and see us during no, the World Cup. Been... We'll have brunch. Well, don't forget to invite me then. Well done. Yeah, we'll work on it, Sam. <laughs> Enjoy the day, big man. Steve. Have a great day, pal. <laughs> All right. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye. 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 <laughs> He's still good value. You know, that's the one thing you can't buy in life: experience. No, you can buy it. No, he's been around the block. So oh, he's been around the block. Yeah. Uh, all the boxes ticked there, Dave. Really, isn't it? Not a single box left unticked. Astonishing. Did you like the start where they were just talking about stringed puppet relate puppet based Jerry Anderson yeah. creations? Anyway, yes. Gerard sacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, I, I like those. Are the, most of my favourite keys and grey bits, actually. The, the, the handbrake mm. non-sequiturs. We haven't had one of those for a while. It's, not, it's for, obviously not the kind of highlight, but um, Keezy inviting him for brunch was not the social occasion I was expecting for mm. for those three. A beer uh, or something. Or, oh, they're you know, big on their brunch. Are they big on oh, they? Yeah, the Saturday brunches. brunch in Doha is like oh. the thing to be seen at. 
Oh, okay. I understand. Right. Fair enough. Or is it the Friday? No, it's the Friday brunch in Doha is the, the their big deal, their big part of their week, as far as I understand it. Um, El Vino must surely flow <laughs> at that brunch. Next up, just in case you were worried that Keezy would run out of material, that he was just going over the same ground over and over and over again. Here he is on Mikel Arteta. Stay in your technical area. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Well, then somebody should put well, him we know in that. his technical area. We know that. It's dangerous, Andy. That, there's a reason that mm-hmm. they're away from the touchline. <laughs> mm-hmm. How? How can you still be going on about it? It's astonishing. Is this, I mean, what's his, his solution to this going to be, like, to put Mikel Arteta on some kind of bungee cord or something that doesn't let him go further than the technical area. The thing that doesn't that really doesn't make sense in all this is that the technical area is one of those things that Akizi would surely have railed against as, you know, health and safety gone mad or something yeah. like that. So Little white line, dotted white lines. Jobsworths. Whose job is it to paint those, Andy? Anyway, interesting, <laughs> Nick, that you proposed some sort of nonsensical, absurd solution to Mikel Arteta. <laughs> Um, leaving his technical area. Someone else has alerted me to the fact that the NFL have been dealing with this issue for decades. They have something called get-back coaches. Wow. Dave, are you familiar with this concept? No, 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 not at all. Get-back coaches. Uh, Usually it's the strength and conditioning coach uh, because they're the henchest member of the backroom staff. And their job during matches is to stop the, the head coach from leaving their technical area or whatever the equivalent of the NFL is so they don't get penalties or whatever and they do that for the entire game and um here's a clip from an nfl video detailing this very particular job i literally have to spend most of my time while the offense is on the field standing right behind sean and ripping him out of the way when the official's about to run into him just so we don't get a penalty there is an art to it it is kind of like a dance maybe tango like a sidestep into the path of the official and then remove back <laughs> so there we go That's what imagine though imagine if arsenal they've got to get Coach Andy. Oh, sounds like an easy gig to me. How much are you getting paid? Get Boldy back in to do some get back coaching, Nick. I think it'd be perfect. Yeah, uh, absolutely ideal. Or, well, the, the dance, of course, got uh, Tony Adams. Yeah. Kids is uh, well placed to do that now. Mm. Mm. Absolutely right. But yeah, that could be the solution to all of our problems. Uh, so we never have to hear about this once again. Um, thanks to you, David Walker, for adjudication panelling today. Thank you. Likewise, Nick Miller. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for everyone for listening. We'll be back on Thursday with the Football Clichés Quiz 6. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.